Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome to the 20th episode of the Pulling Tarp Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you share this podcast with your friends, subscribe, and drop a rating. Give me a follow on Twitter at It's R.A. Kuhn, that's I-T-S-R-A-C-O-O-N, to share all your thoughts and comments. I'm just trying to make the podcast better so it gets bigger and we have more fans. That's where you can reach out to me to come on to the podcast as a guest as well on Twitter. I am so excited to welcome on Chelsea Ladd. Chelsea is the founder of Dugout Dish, which is a fantastic baseball blog and now podcast. She's also a writer for Region 1 Sports, Prospects Live, and Pitchers List. Can't wait to get into this interview with Chelsea right after this break. Chelsea, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. What is your mental state right now with no baseball? Um, I feel a lot of pain. There's a lot of pain in my life right now. Um, it's honestly, it's like pulling teeth. Mm-hmm. It's a constant will they, won't they, and I'm ready to get off this carousel. I know. I can't even keep up with it anymore, honestly. Um, but I was, I we had discussed before we started recording that I got out of baseball in November and I was really looking forward to going to a game and drinking a beer as a fan. And that is, that is no longer. It's Yeah. It's, I'm actually working on a piece for Pitcher List on the negotiations and it's supposed to drop as soon as you know we get the clear and baseball's back so like okay. every day I just I just add a little bit more to this novel yeah and I'm like oh my gosh it's my debut piece and it's still it's just it's you know sitting there it's insanity right it's like like over 2,000 words at one point and I've chopped it down so people you know actually read the whole thing but <laughs> right. it's like oh so every time I get a Jeff Passan notification or Ken Rosenthal, I'm like holding my breath and I'm like, oh no, this is the moment I have to drop everything and start typing. Yes. And each time it's it's not. And so my fear is waking up. I sleep in on days I don't have to work. Right. So my biggest fear is waking up and baseball being back and I've missed it and like I have to hurry up and throw it together. Yeah. And get it to my editor. Like I'm like this is what's going to happen to me. I'm prepared, but the moment I'm not prepared, it's going to it's going to drop. And baseball's hey. going to be back. Either way, that's going to be a great day when oh, when yes. when you can add a little bit more to that and just publish. Oh yeah, yeah. I I'm so excited for it. I'm just I'm just ready. Like I think I'm going a little bananas oh. at this point. I think of it. I think we all are, honestly. Um, I'm I'm a big sports fan in general. Of course, I'm missing baseball, but I'm missing all the sports. Um, 
I was telling one of my buddies I watched MMA for the first time. Um, I watched um, corn competitive cornhole for the first time. Um, oh, wow. Rugby for the first time. Uh, and then I've been keeping tabs on the Korean League and uh, the uh, Taiwanese League as well. Um, but yeah, it's we need we need baseball back most importantly, but also the other sports as well. So, can you explain what dugout dish means to you and what made you want to start it? Yeah. Um, well, last year or in 2018, I went through a divorce, and I was I was okay with that. That was a great thing. That was the best decision I've made in a long time, and. In 2019, I had a dog. He was seven years old, and he passed away. He um, actually hemorrhaged in my parents' bed and threw a clot to his brain. So that I, my mental state, I was very anxious, very upset, very, you know, I just I didn't know what come next. Everything right. just kind of started falling apart. And he was he was my best friend. He was mm-hmm. my comfort and so losing him was a big hit to myself and my family and I threw myself back into baseball and I've always wrote I've always wanted to do something in sports but I always you know took the medical route because it was it was not safe but it was it was easier for me to go that route rather rather than you know fighting to be able to be in the baseball industry right so and July of last year, I you know I said you know what screw it. This has been my dream since I was little. I wanted to be on baseball tonight as a little kid. I didn't care that there were no women on there. I was like I'm going to do that. Yeah. So I I actually I started dugout then, and the rest has been history. It's my baby. Yeah. I would love to see it just grow as as the years go on. I've poured my heart and soul into it and I, I hope people are able to see that when they look at it and read what I write and my podcast and stuff like that yeah so. yeah well I do I love the layout of your website it's you know flows very easy and um, I like your style of writing as well um, de- definitely check out that um, it's dugoutdish.com right yes okay mm-hmm. perfect so guys check it check that out and I can certainly understand um, about the dog, we're gonna we're gonna. I'll show you a picture of mine later. Um, but yeah, if something happened to our dog, my fiance and I would be devastated. Um, definitely, definitely a dog person. So I completely understand that. But um, but glad that this is turning into something positive for you, nonetheless. Um, so what made you fall in love with independent baseball and the Frontier League? Um, the for the first professional baseball game I ever went to was an Evansville Otters game. Okay. Went, went to Bossy Field. I loved every second of it. I wish I still had my Evan Otter shirt from Ooh. then because I would try to rep it as much as I could, even though I was like, you know, 11, but yeah. still. <laughs> um, I, I fell in love with it. I thought it was Major League Baseball. My dad had to convince me that it was not Major League Baseball at that <laughs> time. I, I still have a ball from the first game. Players signed it. I was terrified to go down there. So my dad was standing amongst a group of children 
So he, he looked like Adam Sandler in the movie where he's, you know, goes back to elementary school because he's oh, yeah. with the ball. <laughs> so, like, he, of course, went got that for me, and that was great. But I am 45 minutes away from the Southern Illinois Miners. Okay. And I spent a lot of time at Redmond Park last year. Right. So I, I love how independent baseball, it gives little kids a chance to actually hang out with their heroes, you know, yeah. in the game. And it's not like, there are a lot of flashy lights to it, especially certain stadiums, mm-hmm. Redmond Park. I'm looking at you, but um, I think it's great because it, it grows the game for a new generation. With Major right. League Baseball, of course, it's hard for a lot of little kids to get into it and be able to have conversations with their with their heroes, the guy that sure. they're wearing their jersey, you know? Yeah. And so I'm really big in promoting indie ball because... Of course, at one point, people looked at it like, oh, it's just a beer league. It's just a outlaw league. They're, they couldn't make it even in double A. And uh-huh. some of these guys could kill it in triple A. Like some of my friends that play, I'm like, yeah. you guys are good enough. And so I ultimately, I just hope that in the future, people see it as, hey, this is a professional baseball league. This mm-hmm. is, they are professionals. So I just, I love the, the old time feel, the small ball feel to it because I think we get lost when we go to a big stadium and we we lose that little bit of romantic meaning behind baseball. I, that's why I yeah, love it. I agree, and that's that's kind of how the, how I fell in love with minor league baseball. Um, grew up two minutes away from historic Bowman Field in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Um, oh, wow. Home of the Williamsport Crosscutters, um, and that's where I went and saw my first game. That's where I had my first sip of beer. Um, <laughs> that's you know, and and those guys were were major leaguers to me. They they were the big time, and um, and then you know, growing up and just seeing everything that that minor league baseball has to offer to small communities and i think it's the same way in the frontier league as well um and indie indie ball as a whole um so so yeah and then i i grew up and graduated from college interned for the williamsport crosscutters the team that i grew up going to and then um you know kind of moving around the country um working in different marketing uh Departments as far as uh, minor league teams go, so so I think we're we're one in the same in that regard for oh, yeah. sure. Um, so, what do you think the lack of baseball all across the board, major leagues, minor leagues, indie ball means for the future of the sport? I worry about it. Yeah, I know that a lot of older generations are the main demographic, especially with Major League Baseball. Right. Um, I know the American Association is actually coming back next month. Yes. I talked to their commissioner yesterday, actually. All right. And he, their motto this season is for the love of the game, which I think is incredible because in the midst of everything going on with Major League Baseball, I think a lot of people are forgetting that and we're losing that. Mm -hmm. And 
think a lot of the owners and a lot of Major League Baseball players, I'm team player, but I think a lot of people have forgotten that love yeah. with everything going on. Mm-hmm. So I, I worry about baseball. I, of course, I've changed everything, dropped everything for baseball and my future in baseball. So it's a constant worry. I'm always like, ah, you know, the one sport I go after to become a baseball writer, it's going to evaporate as a whole that's that's on brand for me but no. uh, so ultimately and I, I i worry about it but i also see there being a major growth in independent leagues yes from this. Mm-hmm. so i i know when people are like oh i'm done with baseball on twitter i'm just like well hey hey let me uh let me slide this yeah near your near your state let me did you have you ever heard of this uh, independent league? Let me just you know yeah. introduce you to them. Baseball's not dead; it, it's very much alive. Yeah, yeah, and um, I've had some friends that have worked in the Frontier League. Um, I'm going to skip ahead uh, a question just because I feel yeah. it feel it uh, flows here. Um, one of my friends, uh, Bill Chaya, um, he worked in the Frontier League for oh gosh, I don't know how many years. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, like, between 10 and 15, he worked for mostly uh, the Rockford team, uh, the yeah. Aviators. Um, and he he actually was uh, broadcaster of the year in the Frontier League. Um, and then uh, another good friend of mine um, is Fran Reardon, who is a Frontier League Hall of Famer. And um, he's now the manager for the Las Vegas Aviators who are the AAA affiliate of the Oakland A's. So, um, yeah, he was actually managing in the Frontier League, and the A's needed somebody to manage the low-A team in Beloit, and he he accepted, and now he's in AAA and has served as a bench coach for, for the A's. Um, but, yeah, apparently he was one heck of a player in the Frontier League. Um, like... I, I feel like a lot of people, they don't understand or they don't grasp how talented some of these guys are. Yeah. So I always, always push people to go to a game. If there if there's an indie league near them, I'm like, hey, just go. You yeah. will fall in love with indie ball. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, I had spoken, you know, I, to, I spoke with Fran a lot over the years. Um, he was the manager in Beloit for two years, and I was the media guy. So we were very close. And um, I asked him, I said, did you ever get a shot at the minor leagues or the major leagues? And um, he said that there was a scout for the Yankees, and he was leading the league in everything that year. And home home runs, batting average, uh, RBIs, you know, every everything. He was, he was first baseman. And um, a uh, chopper went up the first baseline. And he stuck his glove out to snag oh, wow. it, and the runner, the base, the the batter ran right into his elbow, and like <sighs> he 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 broke his arm, is what happened. Oh, and no. so so the scout for the Yankees had said like I'm here I'm here again tonight, like I've been here in the last three nights. If you have a good game, the Yankees are going to offer you a minor league contract. And that's the game that he he broke his arm. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So like, there are guys in the in indie ball that 
that can have shots that have the talent clearly mm-hmm. uh, another another guy um that this is a crazy story so i was the media relations manager for the Beloit snappers and of course i get all the the roster moves and uh i get an email saying saying joey wagman uh his, the Oakland A's had bought his contract out from the Rockford Aviators that day, and um, basically, he <laughs> so so he signed with signed with Oakland, and basically the only reason he got signed by Oakland was because they needed a starting pitcher that night, and Rockford was only thirty minutes away. And he That's went. Nuts. He went. He went on to have a great minor league career. Never cracked the majors, but he played at every level in Oakland system, Double uh, A, Triple A, you name it. And then he also went on to pitch for Team Israel in the World Baseball Classic. Oh wow! Yeah. So so like he went on to this like you know worldwide stage, and it all was basically because. He was a starting pitcher. He hadn't pitched in in four nights, and he was thirty minutes thirty minutes away. That's insane. Yeah, I love, I love hearing stuff like that. Like that's so cool to me. Yeah, yeah. So, what are your thoughts about MLB potentially getting rid of forty minor league teams across the country? I know you're more into indie ball. But, you know... Um. I'm, I'm very upset about it. Um, I have a lot of friends that play in minor league systems. Mm-hmm. And, of course, with all the cuts, they're already... You know, they're like, hey, is this the day we find out we get to go back and play? Which, there won't be a minor league season this year. Right. But it, Or is this the day we get cut? And so, I think, on top of the pressure of getting rid of the minor league teams there's also the pressure of cutting guys so I I'm unhappy about it I I think minor leaguers and their affiliated I think their clubs even deserve better Mm -hmm. I have friends that work in the minor league system and their front offices and they're upset because they don't know what's coming next right because of everything going on with major league baseball Mm -hmm. so they're getting aggravated so it's just this un worldly chain of events that keeps unfolding and it's just not it just keeps looking worse and worse and worse so I'm very unhappy about it I know a lot of the guys which when I talked to the commissioner yesterday he said expect indie ball to be completely different in the next few years because they're going to get not only rookie guys they're going to get double A and triple A guys coming to them so to me, all of baseball is fixing to change just because of Major League Baseball's decisions. And, right. of course, it's going to grow indie ball, but it's going to it's going to throw Minor League Baseball into a whirlwind that I'm afraid of what comes next for them. Yeah. I mean, the team that I grew up going to is, is on the list right now. Um, so, like... Just thinking, like, if that would have happened when I was growing up, like, we had a team and then all of a sudden it's gone. Yeah. Like, that would that would have been devastating. Like, and people people who don't live in these communities don't realize 
how much good they're providing to a small community. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it's the same way with indie ball, absolutely. And I, yeah, like you said, I look for indie ball to expand um, with with the lack of minor league teams. Um, was my the team in Wisconsin that our mutual friend Nate and I both worked for? Um, they broke ground on a new stadium yesterday. I haven't seen pictures, but they were on the list if they didn't get a new stadium. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad that that's happening for for that community. Um, but but yeah, it's it's devastating, you know, all across the country for sure. Oh, absolutely. I, I hate to see it. I know the Cardinals have two teams that are on the list with the chopping block, so um, I dread that for them. Yeah. So speaking of the Cardinals. You're a pretty big Cardinals fan. Uh-huh. Have you gotten a chance to meet Jairo Munoz? I've had conversations with him, but I've never met him in person. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. So he was originally signed by Oakland as a undrafted free agent. And, um, boy, what a character. Um, he is something. Yeah. <laughs> so... So, yeah, he was with the team in Beloit um, when I was there, and it was just, he would he would pretend like he didn't know English, but, but you knew he did, and um, just, like, just kind of all, like, very outlandish, and um, we always joke that he, that he swung at the very first pitch of his at-bat. And like that's we we also joke that that's how he hit half of his home runs. Yeah. Because it was usually at low A, it was a first pitch fastball. <laughs> so um, I just didn't know if you had any insight in, as to how he's doing. I, personally, I didn't think he was going to make the majors. I you know, but like he had lots of potential, and he and he was very young when he was with Oakland. He, I, I still can't get over what happened during spring training because he just didn't show up and he, you know, he went back home during spring training. So the Cardinals released him. Okay. And he is now with the Red Sox organization. Okay. The last I I heard. I know. So that was a weird, whole weird thing, like leading up to... You know, all of everything that happened with COVID nineteen. I think a lot. Somebody even joked. They're like, "Well, he knew what was coming, so he went home." Like, oh, but, you know, I yeah. didn't really know. Th- I didn't know that he was with Boston. Now, um, I knew that he just didn't show up to spring training, but I didn't really hear what had happened after that. He got hurt, and instead of staying, he just left and went back home. Okay. But he looks like he's doing fine. I have him on. I, I follow him on Instagram. He's you know posting pictures of him on top of his car, laid out. You know, okay. trying to trying to look cool. He doesn't look cool, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was. I think he was only eighteen or nineteen when he was in Wisconsin with me. Oh so, wow! Yeah, he was. He was very young. He had a lot of growing up to do. I'll put it that way. Oh yeah. But. Um, but yeah, he was also the guy that I'm pretty sure he led the league in Amazon deliveries. Just every day, every day, Amazon box after Amazon box. That's incredible. Yeah, it was it was pretty oh, funny, wow. but 
So, how did you become a fan of multiple teams, like the Cardinals, the Mets, indie ball teams? Like, you're all over the place. I am. I have six, maybe, I think six. Yeah, six major league teams that I follow. Okay. Which are the, the St. Louis Cardinals, New York Mets, Milwaukee Brewers, um, the Chicago White Sox. Okay. The Detroit Tigers. And in my... Ta-da. Maybe it is five. No? Mets, Cardinals, Tigers, White Sox, Brewers. I know, I'm forgetting one. <laughs> Anyways... Yeah, so I have those. Um, I, of course, I was a big, big fan of Mike Piazza when I was little. My dad, he's a big Braves fan. Okay. He told me I could pick any team I wanted, and I picked the Dodgers because they had the same color scheme as right. my softball team. Okay. I was, I was very young, and... Mike Piazza got, and I loved Mike Piazza. I was like, oh, I want to be a catcher. He's so cute. Like, first, my greatest love, my first love. And about a month later, he was traded from the Dodgers to the Marlins. Yep. And then a week later, he was traded to the Mets. Okay. And my dad gave me the option. He was like, you can, you know, like the Braves, like your dad, or you can, you know, still pick your team. There's the Dodgers, the Mets, your guys on the Mets now. So I was like, go Mets. Yeah. And that started the longest, most ridiculous, absurd suffering in a relationship I've ever had. So <laughs> for, it's 20 years now, I think. Yeah, about 20 years. Over 20 years? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something. And the Cardinals, of course, I'm two hours away from St. Louis. Okay. So I, I, I grew up liking the Cardinals but the Mets were my team and last year with everything going on we went to Christian Day which my faith is very big with me Okay. and so we got to see the players like Adam Wainwright Matt Weeders, Paul Goldschmidt they actually gave their testimonies Wow. and so it was so cool it was after the game there's nothing like Bush Stadium when it's completely empty except for maybe 50 people it's just amazing and so I, I honestly, I didn't know what I was going to write about because I just created Dugout Dish. Okay. And Paul Goldschmidt says, Jesus loves baseball. And I was like, well, you know what? There's my first piece. I'm going to talk all about Christian Day. So I, I fell, in love, fell in love with the Cardinals last year. And then the Brewers, big Christian Yelich fan. I get hate for it, but I'm a Ryan Braun fan. Okay. And... Um, and then the White Sox, big Michael Kopech fan, Lucas Giolito. Dylan Cease is going to be amazing as he grows up. And Yasmani Grandal, of course, he was a brewer. Yep. And oh, yeah. I got I to follow one of my favorite catchers. So yeah. And then the Tigers, I clearly like to suffer. Well. And Daniel Norris, he pitches for the Tigers. He is one of my favorite baseball players of all of out of all of them right now okay so I've you know because of him I fell in love with the Tigers so yeah I yeah I like to suffer at least the Cardinals like to win you know yeah hey I'm 
I'm a Philadelphia sports fan, so I like to suffer too. <laughs> so I completely understand. But I do follow um, a couple major league organizations. I, I follow Phillies. Grew up a Phillies fan. I Philadelphia was the closest major league team to us, and um, the local team in my hometown was affiliated with the Phillies. Um, and then the Oakland A's because I worked for an A's affiliate in Wisconsin for four years and then the Orioles because um, I worked for an Orioles affiliate um, just about 30 minutes away over the border in Maryland um, for three years. So I know a lot of guys in all of those organizations. So, um, yeah, I completely understand the whole concept of liking multiple teams. Yeah, a lot of people are like, how can you do that? Why can't you just, you know, stay true? And I'm like, no, listen, there's a reason behind my madness. (laughs) Right, right. I, hey, I I get it. I I love the game. So, I mean, I, well, I'll watch any team. I don't care who it is. Even the Cubs. I know. (laughs) Oh, my God. I will watch a Cubs game. Like, I will do it. And my dad's, like, anti-Yankees. Okay. Of course. I have a soft spot for the Yankees, so like I'll sneak and watch a game and I'll put it on the like the living room TV and he'll be like, Wait a minute, what are you doing? <laughs> he'll be like, Brooke and I'm like, um, you know, you said find something to watch, so let's watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's hey, always, you know. I'll watch it. I'll watch anything that's on right now. Right. Um, so in the midst of quarantine and there being no sports and whatnot, my fiance and I um, she she is very anti sports. Um, it's very it's very opposite to attract with us as far as that goes. Um, she could she doesn't know any players. She she could care less if sports existed. But so and it's and it's very difficult to find shows that we both like. She she is more into the reality TV show, you know, Real Housewives of whatever. Um, but so she said, I want to start Grey's Anatomy again. Oh no! And so we started it, and I'm I'm pretty addicted to it, honestly. Uh, <laughs> we're in season four. I think there's 16 or 17 seasons on Netflix. But like, this is what my life has become without sports. Is that I'm addicted to Grey's Anatomy now. That's that's incredible. I made it. I've made it through Grey's Anatomy probably more times than I would like to admit. But during quarantine, I've binge watched The Simpsons on Disney oh, Plus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Didn't realize that was on Disney Plus. Okay. Oh yes, I every um, every season except for the latest, I believe. So okay. I, which is on Hulu. So when I finished that, right. I kicked it on over to Hulu. Yeah, my mom's like Chelsea. You've got to you've got to watch something else. And I'm like, you know, I gotta stay true to my plan. So, <laughs> I never, I never got into Simpsons because when I was a kid, um, like you, I probably, I grew up in a very um, religious household, and it, I was not allowed to watch The Simpsons when I was a kid, and I just, I just never got into it as I got older either. My so. mom hates it. But it's kind of me and my dad's thing. Like, she used to work nights at the hospital. Yeah. And it would come on at, like, 1030 on Fox. And so every night I would be like, oh, you know, I have homework. Or, oh, hey. Like, I'm little, like, four or five years old. I'm like, 
Dad, I can't sleep in peace. I know what you're doing. You just want to stay up because we watch it. Like she'd go to work at five, so my dad and I, he would work on his race car, and I would watch. We would watch The Simpsons and eat dinner, and then we'd you know do everything in between. And at ten or ten o'clock, it'd come back on. So sometimes now there was a point when X Files would come on straight after that. So Ooh. that was like. I would dip out at that point. Yeah. I'd be like, no. No, no. As as a little kid, that's pretty scary. I would cry at just the thought of it. Like, (laughs) my dad would be like, I want to turn on X-Files if you don't start behaving. And I was just like, (laughs) Saul. This Um, is what happens when it's just me and my dad. My mom's at work. (laughs) Hey. All right. I get it. So we're going to wrap up this interview with Chelsea Ladd right after this break. Chelsea, welcome back. We didn't really go anywhere, but um, so you're a big dog person, and I can appreciate that. I want to compare our dogs. Well, not compare, just just kind of show show each other our dogs. Now this is this is bad podcasting because you know <laughs> it's a podcast. So, but I will I will show you a picture. That's my guy. He is a Beagle Jack Russell mix, I believe. Oh, he's precious. He is. He's in his crate right now because he doesn't know how to behave when I'm recording. Um, I he he looks out the window, um, and then he will bark and howl um, when people or dogs walk by the house. And I live in a in a development, so there's always somebody walking by that, but oh yeah I can relate to that my 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 little girl which of course I got her last July she just turned a year old last week yeah but, I did uh, see that on Twitter she she will never bark she'll let take naps be real quiet and as soon as I start a podcast or an interview she is like oh the house is on fire red alert red alert yeah yeah it's like Ellis come on Hey, let's not do this right now. Right, right. That's that's what I say to Bo all the time. Um, he just went to the vet yesterday. He he uh, has like some fluid in his lungs, so he's got a, he's got a oh, little he's got a heart. he's got a cough right now, and he's on he's on meds for that. But um, yeah, he is my fiance and I's baby. Like I understand. Oh that. my gosh, like. He he sleeps in the bed with her. Like on you know when she comes off night shift, he he'll sleep in the bed with her all day. Like, Aww. and it is, yeah. He's he's about thirty pounds. He's he is very cute. He's got green eyes, so like they Aww. they like you know poke out at you. But um, yeah, Aww. but from one dog person to another. We can we can definitely relate about that as well as oh, yeah. our love for baseball, of course. Absolutely. Your, yours is a yellow lab, right? Yep. Okay. She is already stronger than me. All right. And she's very she's she's a smaller lab, like 
at an English lab. The dog that passed away, he was an English lab, and everyone thought he was a Mastiff. So I yeah. went from this giant black lab that was like terrifying, could have been in the next Sandlot movie. Yeah. And then I have Ellis, and she's very dainty. She's like, you know, her legs are short. Okay. She's she's very strong and very stout. She uses her paws like like a human would. Like it's so weird. Like she'll just <laughs> grab you and she'll stand up on her back legs and just grab you with her paws and you're like, What? <laughs> she'll just look at you like, Hey, I want something. Figure it out. Yeah. Labs are great dogs. I grew up with, with a chocolate lab that was the best dog you could ever dream of. Um, he was about 120 pounds, so he was a, he was oh, a big wow. boy. Um, and then my dad still has a yellow lab who's only about, like, 60 pounds, I think. But, but yeah, lab, labs are great dogs. This dog, uh, Bo, who's the Beagle-Jack Russell mix, not... Uh, easy to train like labs oh yeah I could imagine yeah he is he wants to sniff everything but <laughs> he is the most popular dog in the neighborhood that's for sure Aww. so that's adorable yeah. I love that yeah um, so back to baseball what's your favorite ballpark food I'm a weirdo because I always get french fries Okay. I always get French fries. Which Good ballpark luck. has the best French fries? Bush Stadium. Okay. They do. They have amazing fries. Pair it with a red wine, and it's good to go. Red wine at a baseball game, huh? Yes. That is. Yeah. That is different. I uh, yeah. I, I take pride in that. <laughs> is that yes. your drink of choice? Yes. Okay. And when the Mets were in town last year, I, of course, I had my Mr. Mitch shirt on and everything, and my mom was embarrassed because we were on the first baseline, so we were in Cardinal Country, and I have my Mets gear on, my dad has his black Piazza jersey on, and she's like, I don't know you guys, either (laughs) one of you. And the Cardinals beat the Mets like 10 to 2. Even Miles Michaelis had, like, a double. And so I managed to have, like, three or four cups of wine because I was like, I can't, I can't deal with this. Yeah. And like, the giveaway was blue, um, the blue jerseys, blue Cardinal jerseys. And people okay. were, like, hitting us up. They were like, hey, you got Mets gear on. Can we have those? I'm like, no. <laughs> I was, like, very close to putting it on because I was so embarrassed. But, well, you know, it happens. Hey. But you're you're very um, into your faith. Are you rooting for Tim Tebow to make it to the majors? I I love I I uh, I have a love hate relationship with that situation. Okay, explain. I I love him as a human being. Yeah, uh, I think he's a great. He has a great soul. I love what he does with his um, his prompts. Where mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's great. We have like we have one here. Yeah. And so I, I love that. I used to work in with Easter Seals and children that had developmental developmental disabilities. So I I take that to heart. I love that. But I also see that there are so many guys that are talented that aren't making the cut even to spring training and 
right. Tebow made it. And yeah. so it's like, there comes a time when it, when the fairness wears off. Yeah. And so it's like, eh, let's, let's give somebody else, a, let's give someone else a shot. He's, right. he's a, he's a great guy, but let's, you know. I think there's there's yeah. some guy out there at indie ball, you know, killing it and won't get right. won't get picked up because Tebow's in that spot. Yeah. I think we're on the same page there. I've met Tim Tebow because um he was on the Columbia Fireflies and they were the visiting team when they came to play the Delmarva Shorebirds and we had a press conference and all of that, and he is as advertised. He's the nicest human being in the world, um, and I wish him all the best. Um, and and yeah, those proms are amazing. I know um, there is a director of smiles for the Williamsport Crosscutters who is special needs, and he's been working for the team for quite some time. But he goes to Tim Tebow's prom every year, um, and it is you know fantastic you know it just makes you want to cry for joy um but i am with you in the fact that there are guys that have been been that have been playing baseball their entire lives to get a shot and you know it didn't work out for tim tebow as far as football went so he tried baseball and you know what i wish him the best of luck but I i think we're on the same page there Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite baseball movie? Um, Major League. Okay. And with A League of Their Own, close in second. Okay. Yeah, I would say Major League is... It's between Major League and Sandlot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when I worked for the Delmarva Shorebirds, we had a Sandlot night is for the 25th anniversary, and we had squints come. That's and so cool. And so I took him to the airport at 4 o'clock in the morning um, for him to fly back to L.A. But, yeah, he was he was a very cool guy. Um, that's, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing what you... What, you know, you come in contact with in the minor leagues. Oh, I, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So, where can the listeners find you and Dugout Dish on social media and online? Um, I am always rambling about something on Twitter at Chelsea Brook and on at Dugout Dish. The website is dugoutdish.com. I, my writing can also be found at prospectslive.com and pitcherlist.com. And my podcast is Player to be Named Later. It's on Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Okay, perfect. And so, out of all your baseball experience... What has been your favorite walk-up or warm-up song, and whose was it? Oh, man. Um, honestly, I would probably have split it between Paul DeYoung, because he has Judas Priest, okay. Thing Coming, and John Brevia, when he comes out of the bullpen, it is Wipe Me Up Before You Go-Go. <laughs> so, and that's like... 
my two that like perfectly sums up my music taste. So okay. I have to go I have to go with, with Polly D and, and Brevia on that. Alright. And you tweeted um, about what your favorite walk up song what what your walk up song would be. Mm-hmm. What what would it be? It changes every day. Yeah. Um, but probably right now it would be Love Gun by Kiss. Okay. Yeah. The mm-hmm. intro, because I think that would be pretty, pretty exciting. Do you think you'd be one of those players that change their walk-up songs all the time? Yes. Yeah. Those. Absolutely. I hated those ones, honestly. I, I would do that. But I understand. I I also have said in the past Warsaw by Joy Division. Okay. And Closer by Kings of Leon. Also, turn the page. The um, Alice or the Metallica version. Wow, you're you're definitely a rock and roll kind uh, of girl. Yeah, right. and maybe maybe you know a little Led Zeppelin in there too. Wow. So okay, mine would be Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison. I I like that. Yeah, that is my musical taste summed up. <laughs> but um, but yeah alright well um, just a reminder that I have made a Spotify playlist with all of our guests favorite walk up songs from every episode just search for Pulling Tart Podcast Walk Up and there it is on Spotify so um, I just want to thank you so much Chelsea for taking the time to come on and uh, we'll wrap up this episode with those two walk-up songs that you mentioned. And, uh, yeah, just thank you so much, and I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Absolutely. You've listened to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.